Welcome to the Take 6 Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Take 6 Podcast. Another episode. We're recording this on Saturday, November 23rd, before the Toronto Raptors game against the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Hunter Surplus. And as always, on my side, with me, well, not really on my side, but on the other line, Calum Wise, what I do, big man. Not too much, buddy. Not too much. It's been uh, getting into the end of the school year, you know. It's, getting into the end of the year, school year. Yeah, the semester. Well, the semester. The semester. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the 2019 part of our school year. Yeah. So uh, we're getting the, the grind year, is yeah. beginning. Yeah, it's it's slowing down, but also ramping back up, which sucks. Yeah. But it's also kind of nice because now we at least know that there's there's an end. In sight. in sight. Yeah. There's an end in sight. So this week on Saturday, before the Hawks game, like I said, the Raptors have a record of ten and four, which puts them in fourth in the NBA's Eastern Conference, eighth best offense in the NBA, according to basketball reference, and the sixth best defensive rating. They're doing pretty well. They're doing pretty damn well, I've got to say. We both had the record. We both had the correct record, I think, for last week. We just didn't get the right loss because they did end up losing to the Dallas Mavericks, but then they ended up winning out. So we'll make our predictions for this week at the end of this podcast. We're going to start off with something that was like a pretty cool thing that I haven't seen this list before. I don't know if you have, Callum, but it's the most influential. Torontonians, I guess, uh, in 2019. I've never seen this list for previous years. And maybe because nobody cool has ever, you know, won this award. Masai Ujiri, Callum, is the most influential Torontonian according to Toronto Life. How do you feel about that? What do you think? I think they're spot on with that. I, I, I have heard of it before, like when uh when I'm pretty sure Drake has won it. I'm sure he's probably like, he'd probably won it every other year. Other yeah, this for one. sure. Um but yeah, like after Masai brought or like put because like Drake was known for putting Toronto on the map, like in like American culture. And now it's the same with Masai Yuri and like basketball, which has taken over the sport world in uh in the western hemisphere for sure and he brought us a title so i i don't see like yeah it's completely right there's no other person you could have put there yeah like he he's a he's above some pretty big names like obviously drake as you mentioned doug ford john tory um you know a bunch of other guys who you could see them being at the top of the list at some point Number six, notably, is Kyle Lowry, the first athlete on the board. Bianca Andreescu is number 12. Larry Tannenbaum, the president of the MLSC, is 13. And Nick Nurse, number 16, cracked the list. So the three people associated with the Toronto Raptors crack in the top 20, which I think is fitting because of what, you know, it really did uh, for the city and for, like, like you said, kind of putting Toronto on the map in terms of the sports world and I you know I hate saying this because it kind of discredits TFC in a in a a way but you know it is the big 
it is the biggest championship that has pretty much happened in Toronto. Except for those, you know, obviously the, the Leafs championships, which hasn't happened in forever, and then the World Series that the Jays put up in 92-93. But I think the scale is way bigger because this was really, like, not only did Toronto embrace the Raptors as their team, but, like, all of Canada and even a lot of the states, like you said, because of how much people really hated the the Golden State Warriors. So it wasn't just, like, a impact that they had on Toronto it was an impact that they had on like the whole basketball world and the whole sports world and entertainment world because like you said basketball is so big right now it's pretty cool so I agree with it but I like I think that you know in like influential is probably a good term for this but I find it hard to believe that there's not other like Torontonians who have done more impactful stuff on the world you know what I mean Rather than like, just like bringing a championship, I get what you're saying. Like I get, I get where they're coming from. And influential is the good word, like the best word to probably say in terms of him winning it. I just find it hard to believe that some Torontonian didn't do something to like really help the world well, in no, society. It's I 100% understand why they did it with him because I I have the magazine uh, because my mom gets it, the Toronto Life or whatever it's called, and uh, I looked in. To like see his article and like two of the pages are about his work in Africa. So it yeah. makes complete sense. That's that, very true. That's very true. Like him being that influential, like not just in Toronto, like he's, he brought, he pretty much scouted Siakam from, from there. Like he, he brought us like a whole different world of basketball to this team. And like, he's helping so many people over there as well. He's just he's doing work here and over uh, in Africa, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, no, you're you're totally right. That that's my bad. I take all back. I take it all <laughs> back, Masai. But so here's what they said on the Toronto Life, like this is the Toronto Life website. So it's not like the actual kind of article about Masai. Um, but here's what they here's what they said. We knew it five years ago when he stood up in front of a crowd of screaming fans at Maple Leaf Square and blurted out "Fuck Brooklyn" before a Raptors Nets playoff game. Masai Ujiri was going to do something big here. First, he rebranded his team. Then he rebranded Toronto. He made us feel worthy of a championship and then went out, got us one. If his decision to replace head coach Dwayne Casey with with assistant coach Nick Nurse was risky, his decision decision to trade the team's best player, DeMar DeRozan, for one year of an injured Kawhi Leonard seems like borderline lunacy. It not only worked, it delivered some of the most thrilling, unforgettable moments in Toronto sports history. But the Raptors president did more than just secure an NBA trophy. This year, Ujiri did more than anyone else, engineered a new Toronto identity, a city of winners. And then he had friends in high places, Barack Obama, Rwandan president, and Kenyan president. So that's pretty cool. Like when you read all of that stuff, it is pretty it's it's straightforward and it's right there for you. And uh I think it's pretty cool. I think it is well deserved. And I think the big thing that he really that or I guess whoever wrote that article or that little blurb there mentioned was that he kind of changed the identity for Toronto, which I think was a really big thing. And, you know, uh, I think this is kind of looking a little deep into it, but it kind of makes you as a as a person believe that like anything is possible, because realistically, you never would have thought that the Toronto Raptors were going to win an NBA championship at, at the end of last season. You never would have thought that. Yeah, so it's no, pretty cool. Sure. 
To get into the actual basketball side of things, Callum, Pascal Siakam has had a little bit of a dip in terms of his production from the beginning of the season. And it's not, you know, it's not bad. He's still putting up 25 points a game, 8.8 rebounds, 4.1 assists, 46% shooting, 35% from three. He's still shooting really well. He's still playing really well. He's still the number one guy on the team, and you can't be mad about it. However, like I said, he did go down a little bit. Is Do you think that the start of the season, Pascal Siakam, is what we're going to be used to or what we're going to be seeing going forward? Or do you think that, especially this past week where Siakam has been struggling a little bit, is that more of what we're going to be seeing from Pascal Siakam throughout the season? Um not at all. I think, like, there's a, so, some huge factors coming into this. Obviously, um, two of our main starters, Lowry and Ibaka, have been out past few games. Therefore, his usage is going up. And, I like, he's not used to being the guy on a team because he hasn't been. He hasn't been since he started playing basketball. And now that he is, I think it's finally catching up to him Uh and he needs to like calm it down a little bit because like he's averaging uh, the second most minutes on the team, only behind Freddie. Uh, like he's averaging thirty six point seven minutes a game, and that will take your, your toll on someone, like especially someone who hasn't, who is not as used to those minutes as other people would be, and those minutes aren't just like him on the court. He's doing the work. He's running up and down the court, like defensively and offensively. He's, he's like the most, uh, like not the most athletic, the most, uh, what's the word? Like he does the most on the court. Like he's, he's always moving. He's always doing something like it's finally caught up to him. And I think when we get these guys back, like Kyle and, uh, Serge, I like, I'm almost a hundred percent sure his, his numbers will, will go back to what they were like. And like you said, it's not that much of a dip. Like, what was it? 27 points. And now he's averaging 25, 25. Yeah. 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 So it's not that bad. It really is not that bad. Um, and, but I do, I like what you said about like the minutes, right? Because it's what you said was bang on, right? Like he has a crazy big load on him in terms of minutes and usage and bringing the ball up the court all the time and having the other team's best, one, two, and three defenders on him at all times because there's no Lowry and because there's no Ibaka and because a guy that he plays with in Marcus Hall is kind of is struggling and you know Van Fleet isn't necessarily the toughest guy to guard because of his size. He he does have to do so much with the ball and without Lowry, obviously Van Fleet is kind of the de facto number one like point guard kind of guy, but that means Pascal Siakam is is number two. And that's just that much more uh, that much more difficult for a guy, especially for a guy who this is his first season really becoming a point guard type player, or I guess a point forward type player. His especially last year, his usual style of play was cutting to the basket and and getting trying to get open off ball rather than on ball isolation moves and and pick and rolls and stuff like that, which he's been doing a lot of. It's just a totally different style of play. And without Kyle Lowry there to really stabilize what's going on, it's so much harder for him to to do what he's doing. 
this week, so like since we last recorded the podcast, including that Dallas game, it's only three games, average 17.7 points, 7.3 rebounds, which is much lower than his season averages. But he's averaging, or he was averaging 5.3 assists, which is more. So you can see that he's getting, his his basketball IQ is just kind of increasing and increasing. And, and I think that really does show the attention that other teams are giving him because if he's having to pass out and obviously the guys are hitting shots which is really good but obviously he's having to pass out of his plays and pass out of all these different things that he's doing uh it's not you know it's not the the greatest thing uh to see those numbers dip as much as they have from you know obviously the 27 and his season average of 25 down to 17.7 but like you said it's it shouldn't be concerning um the one thing, however, is he also like the one caveat, I guess, for the last week. The one, the the one game against the Dallas Mavericks was probably, and we we kind of watched the end of that game together. It's probably his worst game of the season, mm-hmm, right? Sure. Like decision making was bad, a lot of turnovers, missing shots, missing layups that he usually hits. So I think, like you said, with the minutes, it's a it's a lot of fatigue, right? And it's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. But the thing is, they're still ten and four. They're still ten and four with him leading the way, which is pretty cool. One thing that I wish that I, you know, that I was seeing from him, however, was you know him getting to the line a little bit more. His last five games, he's only getting five free throw attempts, which like isn't a lot. Uh, he's shooting really well from the from the what they call the charity stripe, I guess. Uh, so like getting to the line would be nice. That would add, you know, if he got to the line three or four more times that's adding two or three points even four points a game which would obviously be really nice to see for pascal siakam and it would help out the team a lot but so you so you are 100 percent sure that like you you think that that first bit of the season's closer to what we're going to see oh yeah 100 percent. i think he could like he could even push it a, a bit further you know like make it up to to the to that like twenty nine points a game kind of kind of deal like he definitely has the means to do it so yeah uh, this this little slow patch is nothing to be concerned by plus we're still winning so yeah it's... that's a big thing too right that's a big thing um do you think that you know once Lowry comes back Nurse is gonna sit it well I mean if Lowry ever comes back I'm kidding um. <laughs> You think they're gonna sit him a little bit and kind of get him, get him relaxing a little bit in some of these games to because of all the minutes that he's playing. I think they'll cut his minutes for sure. Yeah. I think he'll go down to like, like, yeah, like even like the thirty minute mark. Like, why not? Like, just to not you're not like rest like resting him. You're just you're lowering his minute, your his minutes and his usage, which. Would just be nice for a guy who's pretty much had to put a team on his back while some of the guys are injured. So, I, yeah, I can definitely see Nick Nurse sitting him for at least like like putting him down to like thirty minutes a game, and it, he would still get his his points. It's not like seven minutes will do much for a guy who's that good. Like it will it will help him in terms of rest, but it won't like affect your team in such a big way like Kawhi not playing for six games out of the season already like yeah it's a hundred percent 
worth it to sit to not sit him uh lower his minute usage yeah like he is sitting right now he's sitting in the give me a second here he's sitting in the top 20 of minutes or top sorry top 10 he's sixth in minutes per game with 36.7 top 20 that was top 20 is total minutes played top six i guess for minutes per game which is crazy yeah it's crazy for for that kind of guy but he's he's killing it you know what i mean like we've been we've we've been we're gonna mention it all season long uh hopefully but he's been killing it um Another guy who's been killing it, especially this week where Pascal Siakam did kind of struggle, Terrence Davis. We talked about him briefly last week when we were talking about the bench a little bit. Um, but, you know, Terrence Davis had a extremely solid week last week. Against Dallas, he only had two points. He was a He was one of the only guys who wasn't a minus. He shot one of six, so not very good. But outside of that, Against Charlotte and against Orlando, which, mind you, not great teams. 16 points against Charlotte, 19 points against Orlando, 8 rebounds. And this is crazy. 8 rebounds against Orlando and 7 assists against Charlotte. 5 assists in that Orlando game. Are you buying stock in uh, in Terrence Davis right now? Yeah, like we talked about in the last podcast, this guy's like a Norm Powell. Just I don't know. Like he seems like he could, he could even be better than Norm because this guy's pretty being pretty consistent with the low minutes he's getting. Obviously, like like you said, like that bad game against Dallas. But most of our players had bad games in in that game. Um, but then you got the dubs against Portland, uh, Charlotte, and Orlando, and this guy put up nineteen, sixteen, fifteen with like decent stats down the line as well like eight rebounds five assists seven assists one rebound uh six rebounds in the the portland game this guy is showing that he's a great bench player and that is what we needed like we've talked about before we were extremely worried going into the season that our bench was going to be absolute garbage but now we have one of the better benches in the league uh, and it's like the reincarnation of the bench bob pretty much, which is great to see. Um, and Terrence Davis is like, he's that guy who's just, like we've said before, the spark plug for for this bench and for the team in general because he just has that super athletic ability that just makes your team want to just like run the ball as fast, like just pick up the pace, like that extra step. And I love it. This guy's... Uh, same with his three-point percentage, man. Like, I'm looking at them, and it's 60%, yeah, 80%, it, 50%, 50%. Like, this guy's he's, he's shooting insane for a guy who you, you didn't think was a shooter before he, who, before he even joined this team because uh, he, he was undrafted. And, again, Masai just saw something in this guy, and it worked out. Um yeah, like his his percentages are actually crazy. Other than the Dallas game, like seventy percent field goal, seventy one percent field goal, fifty fifty. Like he's he's putting up good numbers, and that is what we want to see. Yeah, and since so like since those injuries, um, 
to Ibaka and Lowry. He is averaging 51.9% from three, 54.3% from the field, 20 minutes a game, and 10 points. And that's, like, it is a small sample size. It's only six games. But still, like, it's six games. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he has never played in the NBA before. He went undrafted. And you kind of mentioned his athleticism there for a little bit. It's very Toronto Raptors-esque. Like it's a, that's a very Masai Ujiri thing to draft for. You know what I mean? Like, OG Ananobi, athletic guy. He's shooting the hell out of the ball this year. Pascal Siakam, an athletic freak. Norm Powell, super athletic. Those are those are like the four guys that I can remember that are basically the same archetype that Masai Ujiri has drafted or at least picked up uh, in that draft kind of slot here. It's pretty cool. Like he he I'm not saying he's gonna be the next Pascal Siakam, but he is showing flashes, like you said, right? His his three point shooting is already there. His three point shooting has been crazy this season. And, you know, he just hustles. He works really hard. He puts his athleticism to work, and he does things that really that really prove himself to be a useful NBA player, if nothing else. Do you think that he needs more minutes? Like, he... So, I guess, like, against Orlando, he had 27 minutes. That's That's huge. 20 minutes against Charlotte, 15 Dallas, 30 in Portland... And then 16, 16, 16 in the Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans games. Does this guy deserve those big minutes, like the 27, 30 minutes a night, or kind of somewhere in that 20 range? Or do you think he's he's better more around the 16, 17 minutes a game mark? Yeah, I think for sure. Like, why not? He's playing well, so like, why would you not like at least test him out, especially when you're down players like this team already is and. He's showing that he can, like, his minutes are going up. Like, this guy played 31 against Portland, 27 against Orlando. And, like, the games where he's not playing well, he's not having a lot of minutes. Like, I think for sure you just you give him, at least try to start giving him more minutes and uh, see how it goes. Do you think he's like, kind of, like, solidified his spot in the rotation when, like, Lowry and Ibaka come back? Oh, for sure. He's shown that he's the most consistent out of the the new bench guys, and now he deserves to be in this in this rotation like a hundred percent of the time. Until he's like, unless he has a super bad streak of games, then then you start you use other people. But like when someone's hot, you use them. Like that's just common sense. <laughs> yeah, and so here's here's one stat that I. Was I was just kind of playing around on basketball reference, and this stat came up, and I really enjoy it. Terrence Davis and Pascal Siakam have played like just over 124 minutes together on the floor. And in those minutes, they're a plus 30, the Raptors are. Like, that's pretty insane. Yeah, a plus wow. 30, which is the best on the teams. Like, when those two play together, they are whooping teams. Whooping teams. It's pretty cool to see. Now we're talking about one of these bench guys playing pretty well. Do you think the bench is legit? They've been they've been spotty, like you said at the coming into this season that, you know, maybe we thought the team was going to have a bad bench and Nick Nurse wasn't playing the bench at all. In fact, they had the league low of bench minutes per game at only 15, just over 15. 
they still sit pretty low in that category, but that's more so because of the injuries and they don't really have any any players to play from the bench. Do you think that the bench, obviously they've been better, but do you think that the bench has kind of solidified themselves? I mean, you already said that they're one of the best benches in the league, but do you think they've solidified themselves as a good bench and that it's someone, it's a unit that Nick Nurse can and should trust come, you know, later in the regular season? Yeah, I like guys like Rhonda Hillis Jefferson, Norm Norm is playing well, even though like I was saying that uh, Terrence Davis could be better than him. Like eventually, I'm not saying because right now Norm is playing really well. Rhonda Hollis Jefferson has shown that he's a, a really good player. He's shown up. Um, Terrence Davis, another one. That's three right there. Chris Boucher is showing that he can play. Uh, he's great defensively. Uh, you got Matt Thomas is a very good outside shoot. Like he's a very good like corner shooter. So like you got those guys to play their roles, which is what you need on your bench, and that's exactly what is happening right now. Obviously, there are guys who are not playing that well, like Stanley Johnson, and then the the much lower guys and like uh, guys who barely play at all, like Brissett and Miller and those guys, but. The focus is on the main like bench mob is kind of what like Toronto had when uh, it was like Fred Van Lead and and Pascal like that bench mob. That's kind of what you got going right now, like with Terrence Davis, Chris Boucher, Ronda Hellis Jefferson, Norm Powell, and uh, I mean when the the boys come back, you got like Serge Ibaka or Marcus Gasol depending on who's starting. So yeah. I think this bench is just. Yeah, like I said before, one of the better ones in the league. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'd go as far as one of the better ones in the league, just because like we have to see them when it's you know when they're all healthy and stuff. But they're definitely getting close to it. They're an if anything else, they're an efficient bench. Like they've got one of the best, like the twelfth best scoring bench per forty eight minutes um, since their injuries. They've ranked third in the in scoring bench right like in bench scoring sorry um they're shooting the the ball really well but that's just a kind of toronto raptors thing th- so far this season but you mentioned guys like matt thomas being able to do that we talked about terrence davis who can do that when serge Ibaka's is back in the lineup he's good around the rim he's good defensively chris boucher has been really good you've kind of touched on all these guys who have who have performed and the, the coolest thing about it all is they've all had kind of like their their game you know what i mean like chris boucher against the la teams was really good we we mentioned terrence davis earlier norm pa- pa- norm powell also had a i mean he was he's been starting but he will be coming off the bench once we're healthy he had a really big game uh where he had a career high this week matt thomas is hitting threes it's just it's cool to see when all these guys are kind of clicking and obviously hollis jefferson is more of the the defensive guy but you know it really seems like this bench is legit and it just needed they just needed time to uh to kind of come in and get settled does that kind of say something to you about nick nurse and maybe his distrust in them early in the season like is is that kind of showing that he maybe pulled the plug a little too early yeah like i mean especially when you got a such a a, like a newer team like nick nurse is especially coming off this championship year you got to be careful with like what you do and like I, I trust Nick Nurse now so um I he can do what he wants until 
like it's working. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong, like going wrong right now in terms of what he's doing. So let's trust in the, in the process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that one. Cause you know, they have looked good. Um, maybe it was a little premature in terms of his pulling or not using the bench all that much. But I mean, aside from the little things, like it's not, it's not horrible, I guess. It could be worse for mm-hmm. for the team. Uh, last thing before we kind of choose our player of the week and um, do our predictions. Serge Ibaka, who a lot of people thought, including myself, and I believe you did as well, was that Ibaka wasn't going to return for a while. Um, however... He did go on the road trip to Atlanta where the Raptors are playing tonight, but he won't be playing, which is usually a good sign. You know, maybe he's there for shoot around, uh, taking shots with the team. Um, It's just a good sign that he's coming back. So maybe Serge Ibaka is going to be back earlier than expected. How important is that, Callum, for the Raptors and like them not load managing guys, but them kind of being able to sustain their excellence throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. Like we talked about with Siakam, like we just, you just need to lower some guys minutes and having that guy like Serge, who's been a consistent player, him coming back earlier than, than was projected is just, is great for the team because you can't run these guys at, at full steam at the beginning of the season and just get burnt out before we even make it to the playoffs. So it's, yeah, we need Lowry and Ibaka back as soon as possible, but not before they're ready. Because again, those guys are older, like Ibaka and Lowry are older players. And if you come back early from, from any injury, you have a much higher potential to get injured again. Just like look at DeMarcus Cousins, man. Like this guy's career is pretty much done because he came back early on uh, multiple occasions. So I don't want them to come back early. I want them to come back when they're ready. And, uh, like, even if we take a couple losses during that time before they come back, like, that's fine. I, I have no doubt that this team will do well throughout the season when uh, when we're healthy. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the East is so weak that yeah, they're, like, everyone outside of the Pacers up are a – under 500 team yep so like if they can afford like you said like they can afford a couple losses however that will hurt our predictions yeah (laughs) they do lose that much but i mean regardless it's not a it's not a bad thing if if they wait a, a little bit because because of you know they want him to stay healthy but i still like how how ibaka is coming back a little bit early so, who do you have for your player of this week, Callum? Only three games to keep in mind here. I, we talked about him before, man. Gotta go with Terrence Davis. This guy's a this guy's a stud. He's played well in three out of the past four games, and he's just shown that he's he's that guy right now on the bench. So I'm gonna have to give it to him. Yeah. See, I also had Terrence Davis for mine. 
but I'm going to do a very, very quick turnaround here, and I think I'm going to go with Fred Van Fleet on this one because he had three good games. Well, two really good games and one pretty good game. He had 24 points in both games against Orlando and Dallas, and he's one of the reasons that uh, they were so in that game against Dallas, even though he was a minus 22, which is really bad. But his stat line was good. 24 points, uh, one steal, seven assists, five total rebounds. He was four of 11 from three, which is pretty, pretty not good. The game against Orlando... He had 11 points, eight assists, five steals, and three or four total rebounds. And then against the Magic, 24 points, two steals, seven assists, one rebound on 52% shooting, and a plus eight in that one. So I'm going with Freddie Van Fleet, steady Freddie, but my real pick was really uh, was really Terrence Davis. So. This upcoming, the upcoming schedule for the Toronto Raptors, we get four games in this week, Callum. Last week was only three. We get four. We're going to, we're going to guess on the Atlanta Hawks, Philadelphia 76ers, New York Knicks, and Orlando Magic. So they're in Atlanta tonight at home against the Sixers and Knicks, and then they're in Orlando for that game. What do you got? So four games. Hmm. I'm gonna say dub against Atlanta. Dub against the 76ers. Dub against the Knicks. And lost to the Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three you're gonna go one. three and one? Three and one with a loss to the Magic. Okay. I'm going to go let me let me write that down real quick. So I'm going to go 3 and 1 as well, but I have them losing to the Sixers. It's going to be their first loss at home because I think the Sixers are going to is there the Sixers this is their first time in Toronto this year. First time playing the Raptors this year. Last time the Raptors played the Sixers. <laughs> We game know what seven. happened. Game seven. We know what happened. I think the Sixers are going to go nuts. And I think, you know, Simmons is going to have a good game. I think Joel Embiid is going to go off because everyone was kind of saying Marcus all Sundum. So I got three and one loss to the Sixers. You've got three and one loss to the Magic. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Uh, tonight's game against Atlanta will be fun, if anything, because Trey Young is going to be is going to be playing, and he's always an enjoyable watch. Um, yeah. So that's it for us today, Cal. Unless there's anything else you wanted to to speak about. No, that's uh, that's it for now. I guess. That's yeah. it. Alrighty. Well, we'll be back next week saturday probably and yeah that's all i've got for you right now thank you for listening you can follow us on twitter at take underscore six 
and you can listen us listen us listen to us <laughs> apple podcast spotify wherever the hell you get your podcasts from we'll talk to you guys later